Praise God. Again, glad to see you uh, through Facebook Live tonight. And I wanted to uh, uh, tell you also, we uh, actually had a baptism here just a little bit ago, around 6 o'clock. Um, uh, I had met uh, Brother Paul Hill. Uh, he had been coming a short time before all this uh, shut-in stuff started, and so um, he messaged me and wanted to know could he schedule a baptism. So we met around 5.30 today and, and got together and talked, and then 6 o'clock we baptized him in Jesus' name and just had a good time of prayer with, with him. So thankful that uh, even uh, without having our regular services, we're still able to baptize people in Jesus' name, and that's just exciting to us. So uh, thank God that he's still doing things like that. You know, I've even seen where people are still receiving the Holy Ghost sitting in their living room floors, uh, that uh, they're watching live stream services and, and are praying and God's doing great things. So uh, don't uh, wonder what God can do because he can do anything. And uh, so he's not limited by uh, where we are because he's everywhere. So I'm glad tonight that we can still come to, to you through this uh, internet and live streaming and and. Hope it'll be a blessing to you tonight. Uh, we're going to start, I think, doing our Wednesday night services on the Restoration uh, Church page, the public page. We've had a lot of people say they have friends and uh, loved ones that, that would like to um, actually watch our services. And so uh, usually on Wednesday night, we were just doing Bible study um, on our group page, but uh, we're going to start doing that on the public page so we can have all this. Uh, don't forget that tomorrow night at 7.30, uh, the Youth Revival kicks off. That'll be seven straight nights of service, and it's going to be a lot of our young guys from the church preaching, so it's going to be a great time. And uh, tomorrow night, I believe, at 7 o'clock, uh, on the devotional, Sister Shelby McClure is doing our devotional uh, tomorrow night at 7. So, And uh, that will be actually, the devotionals will stay on the group page, however, so we'll keep that there. All right, let's get into this. We're in our third lesson on finding favor. And uh, if you just joined us and you haven't been here for the previous two lessons, then um, we were talking about uh, Noah and how he navigated his day because Jesus told us that in the last days it would be as it was in the days of Noah. And so if Noah, with success, navigated his day and saved him and his family, I sure would like to know uh, how I'm going to get through this day, which will be like his day, so I can be ready to go when the Lord comes again. So we've been looking at the favor that Noah found, and in the first lesson we saw that God uh, actually he, he uh, blesses people uh, who live righteously unto him in an unrighteous world, that he will bless them with favor. And then last uh, week we talked about being committed uh, and we know that Noah was committed to the building of the ark, 75, around 75 years of labor that he spent working on that ark without one single drop of rain, without any proof of a flood whatsoever except God's word said it would come. And he was committed to building that ark so that he could uh, save his family. And we know that he found favor because he lived righteously and because he was committed. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, in finding favor, we're going to talk about um, obedience. It's so important that we are obedient to the Word of God. And in our opening scripture, Genesis chapter 7 and verse 13, 
It says, In the self same day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the son of Noah, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. And just one verse of Scripture there to show uh, what all this righteousness and what all this commitment and his obedience got him. It got him into the ark. It got him into the place that God had prepared, uh, wanted him to prepare and build. And we know that when God, uh, when Noah and his family got in there and all the animals came on board, that God, uh, not Noah, God shut the door. God went ahead and closed that door behind him. You know, when God shuts the door, no man can open it. And, and he, he, Noah was obedient. His obedience, his faith, his commitment uh, got, got him there. And then God sealed that commitment and obedience and faith and uh, that's the same way God will do with us. Noah found favor in the eyes of God because God gives favor to those who obey uh, him and also will relate it as to those who obey the gospel. You can uh, definitely see the correlation between the days of Noah and the gospel of Jesus Christ, where even Jesus himself said our days would be like that day. Peter actually referenced baptism, which is part of the preaching of the gospel, uh, he related that to the days of Noah and how that baptism uh, saves us the same way water saved Noah. So uh, when you're preaching the gospel, there's got to be more than just hearing it. Noah heard what God said, but then he had to do something about it. And uh, so we can't just hear what the Lord's saying. We've got to do something about what God wants us uh, to understand in his word. We, we must not just believe the gospel, we must also obey the gospel. I can't just believe that God's coming back. I got to do something about being ready for it. And in this day and hour where there's so much time on our hands, in Noah's day there was time, the scripture says, while God was waiting and the ark was preparing, there was time. And what were people doing with their time? Uh, well, Noah was laboring. He was working. Him and his family were working and the rest of the world was just simply going about their business. Um, but I don't want to, in this time while we are waiting, there's a lot of people just waiting for church to open back up. You know what? People, I, I'm afraid that people who are waiting for church to open back up will find a reason not to be here when it does. We cannot just sit around waiting for the doors to open back up. We must still be doing what God has called us to do. We must still be believing what God called us to do. Let me tell you, if you're going to get uh, spiritually drained and dehydrated uh, without all, if, if you don't do something about being intentional about maintaining your walk, if you were used to filling up on Sundays and filling up on Monday and filling up on Wednesday, and that was what was getting you by th those three services, now those have been taken away. If you don't do something to replenish yourself, to build yourself up and refresh yourself, I, I'm afraid we may not see you when the doors open back up. You can take your spiritual temperature right now at home where you are. Are you, have you been struggling with things that you didn't struggle with before? Are you uh, tempted to do things that you haven't done before? Or have you already done things watching things, listening to things that you weren't doing before because now i got all this time. We always talk about, well, when I get off work, I'm so tired, I can't, uh, you know, I can't read, I can't pray, I'm too tired. Well, now you're home. 
Are you reading? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you doing the things that God wants you to do? There's more church being offered right now than you've ever seen in your life, and you can't hardly get on. Right now, I can't number the number of churches that are live streaming at this very moment uh, at the same time. We're not in competition, but honey, you could just open up your Facebook or, or whatever it is and find some church right now. Oh, well, it's not the same. It's not the same. No, it ain't the same. But if your love for it was only in the live version, you're going to have a problem. You need to make sure that you are loving this thing. Hey, listen, Noah, Noah, he served God and labored for God without one drop of rain. For 75 years or so, he worked and labored, and people mocked him, I'm sure, and wondered what he was doing, but it didn't matter. He was committed He was obeying what God said to do, and he found the favor of God. You know what he did? He worked until the flood came and took him away. And I don't know when Jesus is coming to take us away, but I I do know this. I want to be obeying him in everything, even while he's not here. I want to make sure I'm doing what God said to do. There's a scripture that jumped to my mind as I was studying today about obedience. I, I think about this often Paul wrote to the Philippian church. You know, he wrote more in Philippians than just, I can do all things through Christ. That's a great scripture, and we love it, but that's like the only one we know out of the book of Philippians. But Philippians 2 and 12, he said, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you're not working for your salvation. You're working out your salvation. The Bible tells me to exercise myself unto godliness. You know, whenever I want to build a part of my body up, I'll say, I need to work out my arms, or I need to work out my legs, or I need to work out my chest. Well, what we need to be doing right now is working out our salvation. Because right now, while we are absent from this building, I'm not getting to to see you every Sunday and every Wednesday and every Monday night, but uh, now even more in my absence, you need to be working out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Because listen, Jesus is still coming back whether we're holding church in a building or not. And what if he comes back before these doors open back up for service? Will you be found sitting at home because you just put church off while we're not having it here? We have got to obey God all the time. If we want the favor of God, then we've got to obey God. We must live righteous in this world. We must be committed to this life of living for Him, and we must obey what God said to do. Hey, listen, even in His absence, what do you think His disciples, apply that to His disciples. He was about to leave and be caught up into the clouds and, and leave them in physical presence. But don't you know that he he wanted them to obey him even more in his absence? Because now they would be the church. Now they would be the preachers, the teachers, the the apostles, the evangelists. They would be the people who were laboring for the gospel. And he said, I need to make sure that even though I'm not here, I can't stay here, that you will obey me now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation. Do some things to get you spiritually strong. Pray. Pray. 
and fast. Come on, watch some preaching. Study the Word of God. Have godly conversations. I, hey, there's nothing wrong with doing some things that are recreational too. I know you're going to do that and you're going to work around your homes and do some projects, but don't put off working out your salvation. We've got to obey God in all these things. The reason for Noah's success was that he was completely obedient to God. He didn't uh, just thumb his nose at God and say, ah, God's, God is love. He won't destroy me. Well, God is love, and it's not his will that any perish. But if we think we're getting out of here without obeying the gospel, we've got another thing coming. We've got to obey the word of God. It wasn't just uh, some kind of accident that he stumbled upon Noah. The, the scripture says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It was because Noah already had a lesson or, or a life with God, as we learn in these other le- lessons, that he already had a walk with God that uh, had him in a place where God could see him in the middle of a world that was full of wickedness. Noah was a bright spot shining. And hey, let me tell you, in, as it was in the days of Noah, it's just like that now. It's just like that now. You know, in this world, it's, it's wicked and it's dark and people are just trying to invent ways to be more wicked. It's just like it was in the days of Noah. And, but let me tell you, the church is going to shine bright. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine. And hey, let me tell you, we need to worship God for the Father seeketh those that will worship him in spirit and truth. God's looking for his bride. He wants to see his church. He wants to see his children doing the things that they ought to be doing. So we've got this little advantage maybe uh, that they didn't have in the days of Noah. Jesus has already told us, here's what it's going to take. So we need to be obedient to the things that Jesus has said if we're go- hey, if we're going to be like Noah, we've got to obey in all things. We can't pick and choose. So uh, God will favor those who live righteously, commit to him, and who will obey him. And Noah was completely obedient to what God said to do. The Bible says, out of, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be established, and every word be established. And this is twice in Genesis. In Genesis 6 and 22, thus did Noah. Not just, this is what Noah thought, this is what Noah meditated on, this is what Noah believed. He said, this is what Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so did he, all that God commanded. And then in Genesis 7 and 5, one more time, and Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. He didn't try to uh, carve out uh, some of the things that would best fit his life. Let me tell you, breaking up his life and turning his world upside down to build an ark, hey, I'm sure that he uh, had a little stress involved with that, but he didn't say, hey, you know what, I think I'll get rid of this or I'll get rid of that and, and that maybe I won't do this or I won't do that. And, and you know, today people want to say, well, it's all about what I got inside. Well, let me tell you something. What God said about the ark, it would have something on the inside and the outside. If you just pitch the, the inside, you say, well, I got, got it inside, or I'm just going to pitch the inside. Guess what? It wouldn't float because it had to have it on the inside and on the outside. If it's on the inside, you can hide it. But if it's on the outside, everybody can see it. And the Bible says they should see our good works so they can glorify our Father in heaven. 
So you've got to be obedient to everything that the Word of God says. I want to get out of here one day when Jesus comes back. I don't want to be left on the wrong side of the door like so many people were in the days of Noah. But if we do not obey, then, hey, come on, somebody. I know I can't hear you right now across that TV land or across this Internet, but somebody needs to be saying amen, and that's right, preacher, because I'm going to tell you something. Today, in this day and hour, where Jesus is so close to coming back, you better know that there's an enemy of your soul trying to do everything he can to get you to be disobedient to God. When Adam and Eve were so close to God, walking with him in the cool of the day, that serpent could not stand it. And he he did everything he could to get them to disobey the word of God. Adam and Eve were fine and in paradise as long as they stayed obedient. But as soon as they listened to that subtle little whispering serpent, as soon as they believed the lies that you'll be more like God if you do this, they lost paradise. I don't want to lose paradise. I don't want to be kicked out of the promises of God because I tried to do something just to appease my flesh. I want to be obedient to God. Noah's obedience to God, it was the outcome of a relationship he had had long before the flood ever got there. And that gave him favor. That gave him uh, what he needed. He he lived righteous, he was committed, and he was obedient uh, to God. Uh, And all those three things work hand in hand. You won't have one and then not have the other two. You're going to have to have all three of those Righteous living, commitment, and obedience if you're going to be right with God. Noah's example is important to us because Jesus said the last days would be like the days of Noah. I want to make it out. Noah is a great example. He said a pattern for us to follow of obedience uh, and showed us that that's key to survival. You and I, listen, it's not enough to say, wow, what? You know, some things just really tickle your ears. Well, they really give you goosebumps, but they don't mean nothing. They won't do anything for you. Goosebumps not going to save you. Hey, just, whoo, that's good. That ain't going to save you. Let me tell you, as powerful as the Word of God is, it says it's powerful and sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. And all the things, we're born again by it. We live by it. We know about the Word of God. But let me tell you something, as powerful as it is, we will make null and void the ability of the Word of God to change our lives if we don't obey it. Hearing it only won't do nothing. The Bible says if you're a hearer of the Word only and not a doer, you deceive yourself. Oh, it it sounds good. I like the way that sounds. I can get behind it. That's exciting. It charges me up. But if you don't obey it, it won't save you. Well, I love Acts 2.38. Repent, get baptized, get filled with the Holy Ghost. I love that. But until you do it, you don't get the benefits of it. You know where you get the, the benefits of it or the favor? It's when you obey it. God, when we uh, uh, believe in Him and, and give our lives to Him, He will fill us with the Holy Ghost. That is favor from God for obedience to the Word of God. They that believe, uh, these signs will follow them that believe. They're going to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But hey, guess what? We're going to have to obey for that to happen. It's not going to be enough. Not going to be enough to just say, hey, uh, I, like, I like what you're saying, Lord, but uh, you know, I, I think I got, a good, I got a good thing going here. I'll just do my own thing. You can't do your own thing. You've got to obey God in everything. 
We've got to be obedient to God. Listen, it's easy to talk about obedience. Oh, yeah, I love the Lord. And we think saying I love the Lord means that we're obedient. But obedience, the real proof, is always found in action. Obedience is demonstrated, not simply professed. Yeah? It's got to be demonstrated. Hey, why don't you pull Saul up and ask him? The Lord said, destroy the Amalekites. Kill all of them. Don't take any spoil. And as soon as the prophet rolls up, here comes Samuel. I have obeyed the word of the Lord. He said, and how come I hear all these animals uh, mooing and cows mooing and sheep bleeding and, and things hollering? And, and, and if you obeyed it, why is the king still alive? And he, he, so he said, I have obeyed the word of the Lord. But he hadn't. Just saying it don't make it so. You've got to actually do it. You know, say, well, the people said, let's keep the best so we can sacrifice unto God. But the Lord said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, I've watched people walk away from obeying the word of God and then try to act like they're better for God now. Oh, come on. Just because, just because you quit uh, obeying a scripture don't mean now that God's going to put a stamp of validation on that. Hey, you can't just walk away and say, no, I'm not going to do those things I used to do. Oh, I, I, used to, uh, I didn't used to do those things, but now you know, I, I found a better way, a way to be closer to God. Uh, honey, let me tell you, you don't get to decide which scriptures you can obey and not obey. If you ever obeyed it, you better get back to obeying it. Just you saying, I don't have to do that no more. Don't make it right. No more than it made Saul right when he said, hey, I obeyed the word of the Lord. No, you hadn't. Well, the people said, let's hey, don't, quit trying to lay the blame on somebody else, Saul. You're the king. And let me tell you something. Ain't nobody forcing your hand. I was talking to somebody about that today. Uh, people like to say, well, the devil made me do it. He didn't make you do nothing. You made a decision, a conscious decision to do it. You're either going to obey or not obey. That's on you and me. Quit trying to blame that on anybody else. Take some responsibility and say, I'm going to uh, live my life for God. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Oh, if somebody could say that and then stick to it, it's what we need. We need to be obedient if we want the favor of God. Woo, pastor. Well, let me tell you something. I don't know when we're going to get back together, so I can't quit pastoring. Now, if you're, if you're watching me and you don't go to church here and you say, well, you're not my pastor, that's fine. But, hey, if you go to RAC, I'm your pastor. And, if I, and let me tell you something. It, just because you're not sitting in front of me, I'm still going to preach like you're a pastor. And I'm going to make sure that in a time where that roaring lion is definitely going about seeking whom he may devour, I'm going to tell you some things that will keep you saved. And let me tell you what will keep you saved, obeying the word of God. You can't be living off memories of services we had before. You can't be living off uh, clips of services we had before. What are you doing right now to stay saved and stay upright with God? Are you still reading, praying, or, or, or are you still worshiping God? Do you, have you talked in tongues since we had to shut the doors? Ah, the Bible says to build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not praying in the Holy Ghost, you're getting weaker by the day. Paul said, work out your salvation. Do things to get you strong. Mm, mercy. Oh, Pastor, this, this is not quarantine preaching. 
You're supposed to be preaching about no fear, and fear is greater than faith. Well, uh, or faith is greater than fear, and faith is greater than fear, and God's greater than all those things, and God is a refuge. But let me tell you, all that scripture not going to help you out if you stay lost. Come on, somebody. We've got to stay saved. We've got to stay right with God. We've got to make sure we're doing the things that God wants us to do. I want to live my life for Him. I want to be what He wants me to be. I can't just profess it. I've got to live it. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, the Lord said this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Hey, that ain't just saying it. That's doing it. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13, it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? Now, listen, before you jump on that, that train of, well, we're not Israel, you need to just go read what Paul said about us being grafted in the vine. There's not a different set of rules for, for God's people because we're all one. He said circumcision, uncircumcision don't mean nothing but a new creature. And so we're all grafted in now. We're all in the same thing. So whatever he said to Israel applies to you and me. If you don't think it does, then, then, then hey, quit trying to grab Abraham's blessings then. Oh, yeah, you, you can't do that because Abraham, New Testament says, Abraham is the father of us all. So uh, don't be trying to grab the blessings of Abraham if you don't want to jump back and see what God said to his people when he brought them out of Egypt. He said, Now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all, all his ways, love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Favor comes with serving and obedience to God when you keep all his commandments. The scripture comes to mind, Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. We, we read this a lot when we're talking about salvation. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And see, we stop right there because that's, that's grace plus nothing. Just have a little talk with him and everything will be all right. We don't have to do nothing else. But it goes on to say, if you are willing. Well, if, why do I have to be willing if there's not nothing to do? I mean, if there's nothing to do, why do I have to be willing? He said, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, or in other words, if you choose not to obey, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And I'm telling you that uh, I know what he was talking about to people in that day about how their enemies would come on them and defeat them with a sword. But if we are disobedient to what God has asked us to do, we're going to be devoured with the sword that comes from the mouth of the Lord, which is the Word of God, because the Word of God is going to testify against us that we did not do what He said to do to be saved. Boy, it's so, it's so quiet on the Internet. I can hear a pin drop. yeah. Yeah, I'm about to see some hearts popping up on that screen in a minute. Praise God. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? The word of God, we're going to be judged by that word. And it's going to say, hey, let's go down the list here. Well, I made my own, you know, I pulled, I tore out some pages. I just, that I, I said, I can just stick with these. Now, you got to do all that God asked. You got to obey everything that God said to obey. We've got to do it all. The idea of loving God uh, with more than just our words, even the Lord said, Jesus said this in the New Testament uh, about what it would take uh, to prove our love to him. John 14 and 15, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he said in verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. So, some people have his commandments, but we got to keep them. Some people can quote them, but you got to keep them. Some people listen to them, but you got to keep them. You can't even just preach them, you got to keep them. That's practice what you preach. Listen, you, you, it ain't enough to just have them, you got to keep them. He said, He it is that loves me. Oh, I love you, Lord. Then what? You don't love him if you're running around like the rest of the world. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loveth me shall be loved. Favor comes with obedience. Of my Father, I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And then in uh, verse 23, one more time, Jesus answers and says unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words. He's going to be blessed if he does, but if he keeps my words, uh, my father uh, and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. There's going to be favor for keeping the word of God. You've got to keep his word and you can't uh, go around and change the words of Jesus. Well, I know I love him. Not if you're not keeping his commandments. You can say that all day long but actions will always speak louder than words. We've got to obey uh, as well as believe, and we've got to obey as well as profess. We've got to be obedient to the Word of God. So Scripture clearly proclaims that our obedience to God's commandments is what proves we love Him. If we want God's favor, then we must love and obey, and Noah was a perfect example of this principle. In Noah's story, his actions of both building and then living on the ark teach us that obedience will require patience. Discipleship is a lifelong journey. You don't uh, labor for 10 years and then get grafted into the discipleship club and you don't have to do anything else. You just get the benefits in the mail. There's a, a book called... Uh, I think a long obedience in one direction, in the same direction. I don't know if you've ever seen it as a book on discipleship, but it's not, discipleship is not about little short bursts and little sprints. It's about uh, one long journey, following him on the straight and narrow. Noah had to labor for 75 or so years to build that ark, and then they spent a year and a half uh, in that ship. A year and a half on a boat full of animals. Uh, for a long time seeing no land whatsoever, just the ark and the horizon, nothing but water between. Friend, a year and a half. 
hey, we're about to go crazy just a few weeks locked in our homes. What if it was a year and a half? How many people would still be saved a year and a half later? Oh, we're praying for a quick end, aren't we? Some of them's praying for a quick end of this message. Praise God. Listen, sometimes God will ask us to do something that can be accomplished quick. Hey, give your testimony to somebody. That, that doesn't take a lot. I mean, well, for some people it, it might, but, but it's quick. It's like, ooh, one person testify to them, talk to them. Some people, he'll say, hey, I want you to go to another country and start a church and labor that the rest of your life. That's, uh, that's obedience. When you uh, pick up and take off and you, you find yourself in a land where nobody else is uh, and you're, you know, hey, that's, that's the way uh, uh, Abraham was. You know, it, when it talks about, uh, it says, by faith, Abraham, when God t- called him, said, come on, go to this land so you can inherit a blessing said he obeyed and went out not knowing where he went. Had no idea where he was going, but he obeyed. Where am I going? Just go. He obeyed. Uh, the disciples, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. What's that mean? He didn't tell them. Just come on. They obeyed. Uh, and because they obeyed those two words, uh, look at all the blessings that they received and, and then became uh, those uh, 11 that were there. Uh, man, they, they were with him. Uh, the 12 for a while, then, then the 11. But, man, look at all they did and how they, the things they accomplished simply because they obeyed two words. So we need to make sure that we are obeying everything that God wants us to obey. At times when we're obedient to what God asks, it's difficult, it's costly, but it will also come with a blessing that oftentimes is overlooked. It'll keep you safe. Often we're... People will look at God's word as restriction and that it's hindering me and what it's actually doing is keeping you safe. The word of God and obedience to the word of God kept Noah and his family safe. It kept them from drowning. It kept them from dying. It kept them from, hey, you know what? And while they were shut up in there, it kept them from seeing a lot of the destruction that was happening. It it protected them. It gave them purpose, it, it, and we need to realize that sometimes it, we, we think, oh, this, this Word of God, that's inconvenient. It's saving your life. It's just, hey, being quarantined and shut in, it's inconvenient, but it's saving people's lives. You know, sometimes things that, that we don't like to go through is inconvenient. We don't like it, <clears throat> but it is saving somebody's life. And so sometimes what God asks us to do, it might not. You know what? He might ask you to drop that relationship. Saving your life. He might ask you to take this stuff out of your life. Oh, but I love doing it. Saving your life. I've seen people, hey, I, I, you know, they're, they're great preachers in, out in this, our organization, in our world today, that they had uh, scholarships to play ball or they, they actually had... Uh, opportunities to play pro uh, sports and could have made a lot of money and did all these things. And, and God said, no, I don't need you to do that. I need you to lay that aside. But he was saving their life. He was saving, you know, all those athletes, man, a lot of them, they get caught up in drugs and all kind of lifestyle and they end up broke or end up in jail and they have all kind of temptations, things going on. And you don't know what God just saved their life and used them to save other people's lives. 
And so it might have been inconvenient for Noah, but it saved his life. And it didn't just save him, but it saved his sons, their wives, and his wife. And hey, guess what? We're here today because eight souls were saved by water then. If the whole planet was washed out, we wouldn't be here today. All these animals, hey, you love animals? Well, guess what? Thank you, Noah, for, for having that ark built so all those animals could make their way to a place to be saved. So uh, sometimes we don't see the benefit right away of what God's telling us to do. It just seems like a bunch of work. But let me tell you, it's not a burden to serve God. It's not too hard to serve the Lord. He died. Hello, we just celebrated his death, burial, and resurrection. He suffered for you and me. I think the least I can do is live my life for him without complaining about it, that I could just do what God asked me to do. Hey, the water, you know, think about it. They were actually floating on top of what could have killed them. What killed everybody else and killed all other life and took the, the, everything that had breath in it that was left on the earth, drowned and died, and Noah and his family floated on top of it. In Deuteronomy 28, God told his people when they were faithful to his word, they would be above only and not beneath. That's a principle God had never got rid of. When we're obedient to him, we'll be above only and not beneath. Beneath the water, beneath the flood, I'm going to drown. Yep, I got to be right here where I can breathe. God said, you're going to be above the things that could drown you, the things that would kill you. Even Peter, when he was obedient to the word of God, he walked on water. Hey, if that's you, Jesus, bid me come. Come. God wasn't silent or Peter would have sank as soon as he stepped off the boat. But his word and faith in his word and obedience to his word let his feet step on water like it was solid ground. It was when he began to doubt and got fearful that he started sinking on the very thing that God told him he could walk on. Obedience, faith in God's word, walking in his ways will let you walk on the things that could drown you. I want to be obedient to the word of God. When we are obedient to what God asks us to do, we are spared from so many dangers, uh, things that could just take us out. You know that being obedient to God, he, he orders your steps. And he's never going to order you in the way of things that would kill you. And so people say, well, you, why are you at church every time? Well, or we used to say anyway, why are you at church every time the doors are open? It keeps me from going other places. There ain't nothing wrong with that. If you're always looking for a revival or something on Friday night so you can have something in church to do, Ain't nothing wrong with that. If it keeps you out of clubs and bars and doing things you shouldn't do, by all means, find you a revival, find you a conference, find you something, find something to do with God's word to keep you safe. It will keep you safe. Praise God. You know, in some states, they have the, the death penalty for murder. Well, the Bible says, thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder. So when you obey that, even when you thought, boy, I sure would like to. <laughs> but you thought, no, nah, the word says I better not do that. It says thou shalt not kill. But well, it keeps you off death row. You may have to live with that thorn in your flesh, but you can serve God even with the thorns. Paul will tell you that. Praise God. 
I want to be obedient to what God wants me to be obedient to. So another thing that we need to do is that, listen, you can't go off somebody else's obedience. But I got a praying pastor, okay. I got a praying grandma, well, that's great. What are you doing? Obedience is personal. Noah didn't drag nobody kicking and screaming on the ark. Each one of his children and his daughter-in-laws had to make their decision to get on that ark. His wife had to make a decision to get on that ark. When, when Lot and his wife and two daughters were running out and running for their lives, the command was head to the mountains and do not look back. And each one of them, there were four people, one of them decided to disobey, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Each one, she couldn't be spared just because Lot didn't look back. She couldn't be spared just because her daughters didn't look back. Hey, and just because she looked back, it didn't affect Lot or the daughters. We have to each work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We have to each make a decision to be obedient as much as, I, hey, if I could, I would save you all. If I could just, uh, if I could have enough faith for people to get to heaven, man, I'd, I'd be, if that's what it took, if God said, look, if you'll pray every day for four hours every day, I'll save everybody you love. Man, I would be praying four hours every day. But you know what? It's not going to do it. You've got to decide that you'll make up your mind, that you'll serve God out of your own heart. God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want a relationship with you through somebody else. He wants it with you. You can't live off my Holy Ghost. You can't live off my prayer life. You can't live off my uh, knowledge of Scripture. You've got to get your own. Neither can I live off somebody else's. I, to me, my pastor was the greatest man alive, but as great as he was, he couldn't save me. But he could tell me what to do to be saved. You know what I did? I just, I, I, I just worked on the same ark he was working on. And I made a decision, I'm going to get on the same ark you're getting on, Pastor. I'm going, I'm going to be obedient to what you uh, are preaching and teaching. I mean, everywhere we see groups of people. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people baptized, filled the Holy Ghost. That's 3,000, but that's 3,000 individuals. In the upper room, there were 120, but it sat on each of them. It did, you know, so it was, uh, we all have our individual choices and walk with God. Each of us make a choice to obey God. And then uh, when we make that decision, God honors that decision. Choose this day who you will serve. We are responsible for our own obedience. We cannot rely on the actions of others. So we, we talked about the parallel. I'm, I'm, I know I'm getting close to the end, so I'll, I'll end in this note here. As that uh, there's a strong correlation between the days of Noah and what he believed and obeyed and us believing and obeying the gospel. You know that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. And so uh, I understand today that there's a, this, this great desire to just say, all I have to do is believe. But if you will read all the scripture uh, and, and start tying things together, you will realize, you will realize that there is more than just believing. There's going to be some obedience. You've got to obey what the scripture says. 
Noah had to obey. Abraham had to obey. You and I, we got to obey. When we hear the gospel message, listen, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and the gospel message is uh, Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Repentance is like death. Baptism is burial. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That brother tonight, he didn't just believe the gospel, he obeyed the gospel. There's so many scriptures in the New Testament where, uh, where God tries to make sure we understand and know that, hey, I'm going to hold people responsible who don't obey the gospel. There's so many people that say, I believe the gospel. But you can believe a lot of things and not obey. I've said this very simple, very simple uh, example before, that you can see a speed limit sign posted. And when you see it and read it, you believe. It may even see, say fines increased for speeding, and you believe that's true. And it says 55, and you go by it doing 80 because I'm not going to get caught. But if you get caught, you'll pay the price for disobeying the law. I don't want to get caught disobeying God in this last day. In Romans, I got to, just about to finish, I, just about to finish, but I want you to hear what he said in Romans chapter 10, in verse 15 and 16 right quick. When he was talking, we love, people love Romans 10 because they say that's, you know, that, that's got this plan of salvation in it. But listen to what Paul said, Romans 10 and 15. He's talking about the gospel. Actually, verse 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Something's being preached. Something's being declared. Something's being said. Something's being taught. In other words, there are words going out that you can hear with your ears. But in verse 16, he says, even though all this is happening, there, there's preaching, there's uh, proclamation, there's declaration. He says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, or Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So it's not just enough to hear it because they heard it. Because he said, well, have they not heard? He said, yes, barely. Their sound went into all the earth. They did hear it. And even if they believed it, because he said, they, how, if they hear about it, they can believe in him. He said, but they have not all obeyed. The gospel. Well, you know, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all them that believe. That's what he said in, in Romans 1 and 16. Well, is Paul contradicting himself? No, it's because you can't take one scripture. The scripture's here a little and there a little, and you can't use one scripture to cancel out another one. But it just builds on to it and gives you greater understanding. The word of the Lord is like a light, a lamp. It brings uh, illumination to our mind. It gives us understanding. And so he said, it's not just in the believing, it's in the obeying. We've got to obey the word of God. Yes. If judgment 
Peter wrote, I believe it was, said, uh, judgment would now begin at the house of God. What shall be the end of them who obey not the gospel? Not of them that believe it, but that obey it. They don't obey the gospel. What's going to happen if they don't obey the gospel? I'm trying to help somebody out tonight. I'm trying to help you wherever you are. Maybe you've never even heard this like this before, but let me tell you. You've got to believe. Hands down. I believe it. You've got to believe. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We've got to obey the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection. Jesus said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name among all nations. Well, see, we've got people just preaching belief, but they're not preaching repentance. Hey, you've got to turn your life around. They're preaching that grace will save you even in your sin and you won't have to do nothing else. But the Bible says that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Now, if grace saved me from ungodliness and worldly lust, why would I think I could continue in it? But instead, it says grace teaches me to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and to live soberly and righteously in this present world. Yeah, in the world today where people are preaching, just do what you want to do and you'll be saved. The Word of God says to deny these things. You need to obey what the Word says and deny those things and put them behind you. We've got to, we cannot uh, hang on to those things and and expect to be all right. One last scripture. I know, I'm sorry, honey, I got you to the music a little early, but uh, this just keeps coming to my mind. I need to read this. In Romans 6, it gives us a great hand about obedience. Paul, at the beginning of Romans 6, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We can't continue in sin. But then over in verse 16, he says, Know you not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey, his service you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked, that you were the servants of sin, what changed it? Did believing change it? That ain't what he says. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. Oh, I don't like doctrine. Well, then you don't like the, the word of the Lord. He said, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. When it was preached to you, you didn't just say, wow, that's good. You didn't just say, hey, I believe that, but you obeyed from the heart. And it saved you and it changed you. That's what changed you from being a servant. You were the servants of sin, or we could go to what Paul said, and such were some of you but you are washed. Ain't that what he said? 1 Corinthians, what is it, 6, 9 through 11? He said that uh, he, he began, unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And he begins this big long list of all the things that we used to mess around in. And he says, and such were some of you, but now you have believed. He said, but now you are washed, baptized. 
He said, you're a washed, you're a sanctified, you're a justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. But you start becoming, were the servants of sin when you obey from the heart the doctrine that was delivered unto you. You've got to believe. Ain't no doubt about it. You've got to believe. The Bible says when we come to God, we must first believe that He is God and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We've got to believe that He's God. We've got to believe. Jesus said, if you believe not that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. Let me tell you, I'm not against believing, but I am against believing and doing nothing about it. As a lot of people believe, well, the country should do this, could do that, but they don't do anything else. Or you ever heard anybody say, I believe you ought to do this. A lot of people believe what ought to be getting done, but they don't do nothing about it. And so you can believe all day long and nothing will happen. But when you obey uh, the Word of God, the blessings come along with it. If you are willing and obedient, that's what Isaiah said, you shall eat the good of the land. I've always said this, God's will done God's way will never lack God's supply. Mm, That's what that scripture just told us. When you do uh, God's will or God's work His way, then it never lacks His supply. There'll always be favor when you obey from the heart the Word of God. So listen, while we're shut in, while we're uh, hopefully in a few weeks, hopefully, man, very shortly, this thing is going to come to a close and we're going to get back to being able to get out. We're believing that in Jesus' name. We want it to happen. But while we are waiting for that to happen, please don't let yourself turn back to the world. Paul said, if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Don't, uh, don't make yourself, don't go back because the way of a transgressor is hard. Don't go back to things that Jesus delivered you from just because you can't be in the house of God. Oh, I, I, I miss my place in the altar, Pastor. They make you an altar at home where you can pray. Uh, I miss the choir singing. Pull up a choir on, or pull up some music on your headphones or something and, and, and get somewhere and worship God. If, if you can't worship without live music, heaven help you. But you've you got to do something better than that. We've got to have more. It's, we've got to be stronger than that. We've got to be, and we are. But listen, don't, don't, don't let this, this uh, stay-at-home time destroy your life, destroy your walk with God. Hey, I know you got so much time on your hands, and, and idleness is a dangerous place to be. Find something to do uh, in the Lord. Read, read, read. Just read. Read the Scriptures if you have to do something. Pray, read. But don't let yourself get caught, caught up in just... Uh, you know, media and entertainment and things that, that don't profit. There's nothing wrong with having some down time and, and, and having hobbies. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, but listen, don't put Jesus on the shelf. Don't put him to bed while you're at home. Obey the word of God. There's, there's things to do while in this time. The Lord set this time aside. We've heard so many people prophesying about it, and I believe it, that God has ordained this time for the church to be better, to get better, to, to get more in tune with Him. That with all the distractions that are, that are out of our way right now, how is it 
that we're still struggling to serve Him. So many distractions removed, yet how is it that people are struggling more now than ever before? We've got to get back to some disciplines living our life for the Lord. I know we've preached when we were having services. You'd be here every time the doors are open, and I believed it. But now I'm telling you, every time this live feed comes on, you tune in. And I know it's going to be saved, and you can go back and watch it later. Then watch it twice. But when it's live, watch it. Listen to it while it's live. But make sure you're tuned in with your church, whoever that might be. Praise God. Oh, I know I've got to get off here now. But listen, so glad to, I love the people I pastor. I love you. If you were here right now, you know I'd be hugging your neck and, and telling you how much I love you. Well, I love you. And I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to be your pastor until the Lord calls me out of here. So God bless you tonight. Don't forget tomorrow night, uh, devotional at 7 will be on the Rack group. And then at 7.30, the revival will be on this public page. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Brother Jake will be kicking it off tomorrow night, I believe. So looking for a great service. Invite somebody to tune in with you. Share it when it comes on. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.